Welcome to Cape and Ray Hall, nestled in the beautiful landscapes between England's national parks. As a Bible school, we offer short-term courses aimed at fostering your spiritual growth and living in a community. Our historic manor house has something for everyone. You can enjoy indoor and outdoor adventures, connect with students from around the world, and learn how to deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ. Search Cape and Ray England for more information. You're listening to The Profile. Hello and welcome to The Profile podcast. I'm Andy Peck. For the past 17 years, I've been interviewing leaders in the church and the wider culture. In the coming weeks, you'll be hearing the best of these conversations, plus some brand new ones as well. It was leadership expert John Maxwell who famously said, leadership is influence. Some have massive influence through their role as a leader of a church or business, a charity or a family. Others have influence in their neighbourhood, a network of friends or through leisure interests. It's our prayer that these conversations will help you in whatever spheres you have influence. This show is brought to you by Premier Christianity magazine, the UK's leading Christian magazine. Get full online access and the print magazine every month by becoming a subscriber. See special offers available now at premierchristianity.com. It's not often that someone from my home area of the Isle of Wight breaks a record in the FA Cup. But on August the 6th last year, Finn Smith became the youngest ever goal scorer in the 151 years of the competition, albeit in the preliminary rounds. Finn scored for Newport Isle of Wight against Fleet Town on his 16th birthday. With the lower age limit for even playing in the FA Cup being 16, here's a record likely to last a long time. Being a young person and having a bit part in a sporting contest occasionally makes the news. But what kind of role do young people have in the local church you are part of? Are they a group whom you aim to amuse so they keep quiet or educate in the faith? Or do you expect rather more? Well, one man who believes that young people need to be seen as the now generation is Andy Monks. Andy serves as head of children and youth at Ascension Church Ballam in London and has written a book entitled The Now Generation, Empowering People to Lead and Have Influence Today. It's one of the aims of this show to encourage all of us to be an influence wherever we are. So I'm looking forward to seeing how this can be realised in young people. So great to welcome you to the Leadership Show, Andy. Thank you very much, Andy. It's great to be here. So uh, tell me, how did you get into youth work, first of all? Yeah, so I originally uh, got into youth work um, through being in youth myself, actually, um, our youth was really, really good at helping um, the children's ministry in our own church and, and investing sort of down the line, as it were. And then as I kind of turned 18, um, my youth leaders at the time just said to me, we'd love you to stay on in youth, but to stay on and, and help us to, to lead the youth. And so from, from 18, I, I kind of got involved um, in youth work in that sort of way. Just as a volunteer, I was working at the same time. And then for the last 10 years, I've, I've been involved in youth work um, for a long time as a volunteer and then for sort of the last four or five years, um, sort of in, in paid positions within churches as well. Uh, and listeners will spot that you're from the north of England. Tell us exactly where. Yeah, so I'm from Liverpool. <laughs> Excellent. And where, where were particularly part of Liverpool? Were you in a church? 
So I was um, part of a church uh, just outside Liverpool in a place called Orton or Ormskirk um, in a church called Christchurch. And so I was there for, for many years as a as a teenager myself. And then I was really blessed that actually they ended up then being the first church that I, that I worked for. So I kind of went up to university, did some work in professional football, did a bit of work in, in Africa. And then so I came back from all that and then ended up feeling called and, and working in, in my own church as the children's and youth worker there. Fantastic. Uh, and your your time in Africa, just briefly? Yeah, so I um, I went out to Africa and um, went to live in Uganda for seven months and did a little bit of work in Congo and Kenya around that too. Um, but primarily I went there to, to go and set up a, a sports ministry for, for children. But whilst I was there, God really opened up doors in, in lots of different areas and lots of different ways. And I was able to serve the society in, in many, many different spheres. Um, did a lot of outreach to different villages and um, preached in many, many different contexts and just met an awful lot of people and, and saw God do quite amazing things, to be honest. Um, I had books full of testimonies of, of what God did in my time there. So that was pretty special. That's fabulous. Now, of course, uh, some people might uh, look at you a little bit like Finn Smith on the Isle of Wight, you know, and say, well, you know, this is a kind of one-off thing. And you're obviously a young man with a little bit of anointing for this kind of thing. But actually, by and large, young people are not taking that kind of initiative. Um, mm. Clearly, in your book, uh, you're, you're taking a slightly different angle. So we'll we'll kind of unpack that. But I suppose the, the the by and large, most people see youth leaders as leading young people, uh, youth workers as working and, and leading young people in a, in a, in a certain direction. Um, no doubt that's still part of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, for me, one of the biggest things whenever I'm leading or call it pastoring, whatever you want to call it, to me, Primarily the place I'm trying to lead people and we should all be trying to lead people is to Jesus. And in the process of leading people to Jesus, it's impossible to then not see people grow and to not see people change and to not see people become mature. And in the process of that and getting closer to Jesus, seeing giftings outpour from these people and seeing them get to know themselves better and all of those different things. So in the process of leading people to Jesus, we also lead people into the, the God-given person that they were created to be. And the more of who we realize who we are, that also tells us a lot about how we can lead ourselves, but also have influence in the, in the different ways that actually God has wanted and planned us to have an influence in. You're, this is music to my ears because I've I've long held the contention that the Gospels, as well as telling us uh, who Jesus is and what he's like and what he did, of course, also are a training manual for all disciples in that Jesus trains the 12. And that if you're going to be a follower of Jesus, a disciple, then effectively you're being trained for leadership, even if it's leadership with a small L. Is that the kind of thing you're saying? Absolutely. I mean, I think what we what we often do with leadership is we often just put it in a box whereby leadership is about holding a certain position. Um, but actually, I don't I don't in myself, I don't believe that that's necessarily true. And um, John Maxwell, who's a, probably written more things on leadership than anyone in history, he says that, that leadership is influence. 
Um, and actually, influence can happen in, in any way. That's not determined by a position that you hold. But actually, I would say that influence can be present in every single interaction with another human being that you have. And um, I say in the book that in every interaction with someone, you're always leading someone somewhere. And that where that you're leading them to will always be a positive experience or a negative experience. And so in, in every interaction, we are leading someone in some way, somewhere. So if we want to be good leaders, what a good leader will do is a good leader will create positive influence. And so what this book really is about is about saying to anyone that you can be a leader because you're always going to be leading someone somewhere every single day, every interaction. And actually, you can do that in such a godly way and therefore in a positive way. So that's that's what the book's about. And just trying to yeah, trying to equip people in how do they have positive influence in every sphere that and every relationship that they find themselves in. My mate, um, John Sutherland, is uh, used to be uh, in the police, and he talks about uh, the principle of every contact leaves a trace. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and obviously that's that's in tracking down uh, people who've done what they shouldn't have done, <laughs> particularly yeah, particularly theft. But it's but it's also every contact leaves a trace within our lives too. Yeah. Absolutely, and and statistically, I mean, this I when I first heard of this, I was quite I was mind blown by this. But statistics show that the kind of most average person will actually influence seventy thousand people during their lifetime. And it's kind of like when you hear that number, and some of those don't be wrong, some of those contacts are direct influence some of that is indirect influence of you influencing one person and that's spreading out in a different way but that is quite a mind-blowing statistic that every single person everyone listening to this show will influence seventy thousand people during their lifetime and and i think that's quite amazing to think that god has called us all to have such such influence in, in this world that, that we're in and, and what a, what an impact we could have for the kingdom if we realized that we could we can influence that many people in the early part of your book andy uh you you very graciously and humbly mention your dad uh, and his influence on you when you were age i think 13 playing in a football team was it mm. or maybe it was a bit younger yeah. i can't remember yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right yeah I, I always remember um and that moment yeah our um it's fair to say, Andy, our school football team, we weren't very good. Um, we lost every week and um, we didn't score goals either. And uh, so so we weren't very good. But I was the captain of the team. And, and I remember particularly just my mentality in that moment was I was just such a strop with the rest of the team when things didn't go to plan. You know, I'd say things to people that were negative and would put people down. I'd call them out in a in a not very nice way. I just remember this moment where my dad literally, we were in the car driving and my dad said to me, in the next match, all I want you to do when you open your mouth is just say something positive. And so even when my teammates made a mistake in the next match, I'd still say positive things like, you know, oh, good try, keep going, like whatever it was. And it just made such a difference. And, and what I noticed was the difference in the performance in the team. Like there was this greater morale in the team. There was greater chemistry in the team. And we actually did lose the next game still. But we scored a few goals and we had a great time in the process. So 
it was just just that little shift for me of like speaking in a positive way as opposed to a negative way just had a, a, a massive impact on on our whole team and on their sort of enjoyment of, of the experience that we'd had in playing in that football match. So talk us through the um, the book, Andy. What sort of structure does it have and and what kind of approach do you take? Yeah, so the book is in it's in um, four four different sections. Um, the first section is just very simply a, a definitions section. So trying to define what leadership leadership is. So like we kind of said before, leadership is a, it's not about holding a position, but it's about how do you steward your influence. And so there's a few different pictures that are created within that section of the book to try and just create a good picture of, of what a leader is like. So, for example, one of the sections is that a leader is like a greenhouse and a greenhouse, things grow in their presence. You know, and that's what a leader is like too. A leader, it's actually when you get in a, in the presence of a good leader, actually you find yourself growing and becoming better. So that's kind of what the first section is about. And then the second section is about is about learning to lead. So it's about how do you take opportunities that that come your way when they when they arise. How do you um, choose what kind of people to learn from and, and and what sort of voices do you allow to be spoken into your life and in, in terms of your leadership um, development and, and how do you learn to work on your weaknesses and continually improve and grow and, and mature in, in, in the, the sphere of influence that God has called you to. And then the next section is about is about taking the lead. You know, there comes a time in our leadership journey when we all kind of grow in, in responsibility and Jesus demonstrates this, I think, really well in, in the parable of the talents. You know, there comes a point if we steward what we have really well, if we learn how to steward really well, then Jesus gives us more responsibility. And so in this sort of taking the lead section, it's about how do you steward having bigger responsibility? And also, how do you understand the timing of things? You know, how you know, sometimes I found in my own leadership journey that there were times when I really wanted to do certain things, but yet other leaders around me were saying, oh, it's not the right time. And how do you actually steward that, that season really well? How do you steward that tension between the yeses and the noes of taking the leave and taking the lead and still being in that sort of waiting, waiting season? And then the final section um, is about teaching others to lead. So one of the, the best things that a leader does is, make more leaders because the more leaders we have especially positive leaders the greater influence we see on the world around us and more importantly the greater influence we see for the kingdom um, in this world as well and so that's kind of the, the generic structure that goes through the book but the primary thing that comes through the end of it is that all of these sections are all relevant all at the same time because we're never finished learning to how to lead we never finish taking the lead and taking opportunities to lead. And we never finish teaching others to lead. In, in leadership, all of these things are all relevant and all needed and all make a difference in the in the sort of kingdom of God and, and the leadership that we want to have in, in leading people to Jesus and, and growing in discipleship with him. So you've um, practiced this, obviously, when you're in Liverpool, to some extent, maybe in Africa. Uh, and now in Ascension uh, Church in Balham. Uh, do you have some particular illustrations of 
of of how this has gone particularly well, and maybe we'll also ask you for from some situations which perhaps haven't gone so well. So the the, the positive ones, first of all. Sure. Yeah, I think one of the one of my one of the most beautiful ones that I that I've seen that's gone really well is a few is previously in, in the church I was in in Liverpool. We we created um, a service um, for young people once a month, so sort of teenagers and even kids as well. But we're coming to this. We're coming to this service. And obviously part of the service was to sort of bring young people in, in the local area together to, to worship and, and learn from the Bible and receive prayer ministry and give their lives to Jesus. All of those things. One of the other primary objectives of this youth service was also to, to grow leaders. And so as part of that, it was about how do we create things within this service to, to give young people opportunities to lead and um, that's my story actually you know someone at 13 gave me an opportunity to be a swimming teacher and, and that really had a massive impact on my whole life and so for me I then want to be someone who gives opportunities and so we were we were creating this service and asking how do we create opportunities and so what we did is we we created a youth band and so that that youth band they would lead all of the worship and um, during these youth services and you know that, that these these young people were, were using their gifts in order to lead people to Jesus, to lead people to the throne room and, and worship. And then we'd also um, create space for for young people to to give some of the talks. And that might start off where they they kind of just do a little one or two minute thing at the start of the service. But then that grew into and even now since I've kind of moved on and moved to Ballon. There's now young people doing the main talk within the service and and leading the services and doing all the tech for the services. And so it's just this this great example of like, you know, looking at our group, looking at the things that they needed for for themselves, but also in the process of that, how do we create opportunities for them to lead? And, you know, I once heard a a great quote from, I think it's from Mike Pilavacci, who said that when we do young people's work, it's not about doing it at them, it's about doing it with them. And part of leadership, and one of the chapters in the book is all about this, is about taking people on a journey. And so we created this service to, yes, take people on a journey to Jesus, but also to take people on a on a leadership journey as well. And because we wanted to give them that platform by which they could grow from and which they could explore their giftings in as well and so that was something that that went really really well and it's something that continues to grow and now even since i've left which is a beautiful picture of what leadership is because actually if you do leadership well i totally believe that you kind of make yourself redundant in the end and um, and things blossom without you being there, which which is just so good for me to see, and and it's amazing to see those young people still still thriving um, in the in the things that God's called them to. There, if people are skeptical with what you're saying, Andy, uh, I guess we need to remember in context something that Steve Chalk I think reminded us of several decades ago when he was involved in youth work, and that is that by and large in many cultures, young people would already be. In the workplace, they'd be doing apprenticeships, certainly in the Jewish culture that Jesus was in, age 12 to 14, they'd be doing an apprenticeship. Um, In our culture, they tend to be still in education. They tend to still be treated a bit like children. They're not expected to take much initiative. 
Uh, and so sadly, sometimes we get what we uh, kind of coach <laughs> or not coach, shall we say. Uh, and so, you know, what you're saying ought to be the norm, but actually, sadly, too many times young people are disempowered and a bit bored with the life of church. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think this is I think this is a this is a real challenge for for the church. Um, because actually, yeah, as you rightly say, Andy, we there's been too much of a history where young people have just been written out of the story. But the reality is that Jesus is really good at writing them into the story. Um, you know, you look at Jesus's disciples and actually, you know, scholars have shown us that actually the Jesus's disciples were all just a bunch of teenagers. You know, they were just a youth group and, and that youth group have kind of changed the world and taken this gospel literally everywhere and so yeah we we've got to we've got to ask ourselves how do we how do we write young people into the story and, and this is kind of why I, wrote the, why I wrote the book because this was this was the thing you know i i got frustrated time and time again hearing this phrase of the next generation you know and people saying that oh yeah young people they are the next generation and it kept implying that they cannot they can be leaders they can have an influence on the world but only one day and, and to me it was like actually no I, I don't think this is the reality i actually think that they can lead and they can have influence today and that was where the phrase of the now generation came from because it was like actually you know yes they'll do great things in the future but now is the time to start. Like now is the time to to use what God has, has, has given them and the gifts that he's put in them and the value he's placed within them. Now is the time to use all of that stuff. And yes, it needs to be nurtured and yes, it needs to be developed. But that's a journey and that's a journey they can go on, but it doesn't mean that they can't start today. And, and even as we get older, that's, that's the same. You know, I, I've definitely seen a lot of people in churches who've just not taken opportunities to, to have a go at something. Um, and for all of us, we, we, we can start today. You know, we're all part, you know, the Bible doesn't use the phrase the next generation. The Bible uses the, the word phrases this generation and future generations. You know, this generation is anyone who's alive. Future generations are those yet to be born. And so if we're all going to be part of this generation or the now generation, now is the time for all of us, no matter how young or old we find ourselves. Andy, I promised that I'd ask you also uh, any occasions where you think it didn't quite work so well um, mm. and what you might have learned from that. Yeah, I definitely. I, I think one of the um, biggest things that I I learned with, with a lot of this stuff is you've really got to trust God with the timing, but you've also got to be okay with failing and not getting things right and, and understanding that everything's a process and um, so that that youth service which which is now thriving and doing great we actually tried to to start that a couple of years earlier and it actually just it didn't quite work out um in in terms of the vision that we had it it, it just didn't quite become that and we also kind of went into covid as that as that time sort of as we started starting that that service originally, we went into COVID, which kind of obviously that messed things up quite a bit, as you'd expect. But it kind of just wasn't. It just wasn't what we kind of wanted it 
to be. Whereas then a few years later, when we came around to, to, to try and again and doing it again, that's where we saw the blessing. That's where we saw God do these, do these great things. But that came from just learning from, from the, from the, not necessarily the mistakes, but just it not working out and it kind of, kind of failing a little bit, actually learning, learning from that experience was huge to then creating something, which, which was a great platform for young people to, to be leaders and to develop their leadership and, and walk in those giftings. So, so yeah, don't be, I just say to anyone, don't be scared of, of things not working out and, and don't let past failures prevent you from stepping into what could be today's victories. Uh, finally, Andy, I often ask guests if there were books or resources or events that they found particularly helpful. Mm. Yeah, I think one of the one leadership book that I, I've particularly found really, really helpful is um, The Self-Aware Leader um, by John Maxwell. Um, I think it really highlights how important self-awareness is. And, and in the process of becoming self-aware, you become a, a better leader and you you lead others um, in a better way as a result. And then a great one in particular for, for sort of if anyone's a, a youth leader listening, um, um, 101 Leadership um, by Tim Alford is a, is a fantastic book. And um, it gives details on a lot of areas uh, about being a youth leader, you know, even goes into details about how to run a meeting really well, um, you know, and things which is really, really important. So I'd say they're really, really good books for for people to 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 get hold of to develop their own leadership and and to and to also see others grow and become leaders too. So Andy, how can people get a copy of the Now Generation? Um, yes, yeah, so the Now Generation is a, it's available uh, on Amazon, or you can go to the Instant Apostle uh, website um, and get it there, or um, you can come and, and book myself, get in contact with me on Instagram. Um, or wherever and you know I'm, I'm always available to to speak or share or anything like that at places so yeah any of those means would, would be great well exciting to to talk to you and and thrilled to hear about your emphasis in this particular book which is uh, so much part of the show that we seek to uh, run here so thank you so much for being my guest today thank you so much Andy. it's been a pleasure it was super to chat with andy monks the head of children and youth at ascension church ballam in london his book again is The Now Generation, empowering people to lead and have influence today. Maybe you need to change your mindset and vocabulary when it comes to young people. You may know that I edit a website and magazine aimed at Christian parents and youth and children's workers called Premier Next Gen. We want to ensure that the next generation has a church at all and very much believe that youth and children are the now generation. With 95% apparently having no connection with a local church, according to some surveys, this is a major challenge facing us all. If the church, certainly in the UK, and maybe where you're listening to this from, is to have a future. So this is your host, Andy Peck, thanking you for your company and looking forward to the next time. You've been listening to The Profile in association with Premier Christianity magazine.